Well, here we are. And we could really go for a flat white and a flaky cinnamon bun. I can't remember the last time another human being made me coffee. One day. This is Well, Here We Are, a weekly podcast which explores the ways pop culture and the humanities matter for our daily lives by distilling them into lists of three-ish things. In today's podcast, we have set out to learn something new and we invite you into that incredibly awkward process. That's right, these two NFL fans just watched an NBA game for the first time, and boy, do we have questions. Three of them, in fact. I'm Hannah. And I'm Suzanne. All right, so the Super Bowl, a game confusingly referred to as the American Football World Championship, despite only U.S. teams playing, occurred more than three weeks ago, and we are in major sports withdrawals. Big time. Our Sundays are bizarrely free now, and it's taken a lot of getting used to. It's been more than a month since Suzanne and I have lost sleep over our teams losing, been annoyed by needless calls by referees, and gotten mad at the banal takes of sports fans on Twitter. Frankly, we miss it. It was nice to know that once a week, my social media feeds were filled with more than just glib news about COVID and politics. Instead, it was just filled with glib news about NFL teams, and and that was kind of a nice break. A lot of hot takes. Some useful and some less useful. Takes gone wild. The truth is, we are and have been in a long-term relationship with the NFL. Now, we know our relationship isn't perfect. We've long considered re-examining the terms of our relationship. We've even pondered breaking up entirely. But for better or worse, we are committed. Then, out of nowhere, the NFL decided we should take a break until August. Or maybe September, depending on the preseason policy. And yes, one could say we should have seen this coming because they do it to us every year. They always say, maybe you should see other sports while we're reconsidering what we're doing. But we've never taken them up on that. Today we're going to. That's right. We're about to see other sports, NFL. You didn't know how good you had it. Or, I mean, at the very least, we're considering seeing other sports. (laughs) We're open to it. Hannah, what is the closest you have ever gotten to stop being an NFL fan. I know that this is supposed to be an NBA podcast, but what's the closest you've gotten? It was when Luke Keekley retired. That was a very close moment for me. Luke Keekley, for those of you who aren't Carolina Panthers fans, is a beloved defensive player who is a very, a very smart player. I have a YouTube tab open right now about Luke Keekley being one of the smartest players in the NFL. He would just call the plays. And when he retired, what us fans thought was prematurely, I, you know, I was, I was very upset, but I also knew that he was doing it because of his multiple concussions. He didn't say that. And so then I was thinking about how can I say that I'm a fan of this person and that I want him to succeed in his life. And yet I'm really upset that I can't enjoy watching him in this thing that I enjoy watching because it is endangering his health. Hmm. So that is when I considered not becoming an NFL fan anymore. And I I did kind of step back this season. I I was less invested this season than I was last season, but I'm still I'm still a Panthers fan. I'm still an NFL fan. The closest I got was a couple of to no longer being a Seahawks fan, NFL fan was a couple years ago. There was a player who I think was released from the Minnesota Vikings. And he was released because of I will give you three guesses domestic violence, and then the Seahawks signed him. And I was just 
so disheartened and all of the press conferences of, you know, John Schneider, he's the the team GM, you know, John really did his due diligence on this player and we really feel like we've gotten to know him and he's a good man. I was just not here for it. Uh, But then that was around the time that the Colin Kaepernick protests of police brutality during the singing of the national anthem were occurring in the NFL and a couple of players on the Seahawks joined him in his protest. And so I knew a lot of teams, a lot of fans rather, would stop supporting the team for those reasons. And so I didn't want to melodramatically send the team all of my Seahawks gear and be a part of this cacophony of sound that were objecting to the team for what I did not think were legitimate reasons. So I stuck around, but man, this offseason is testing me. So to fill part of that void, last night, Susanna and I watched the Golden State Warriors play the Indiana Pacers, also known as Steph Curry versus the guy with bad hair who kind of looks like Justin Long game. He just steals everyone's balls. (laughs) Yeah, it seems to be the only thing he's good at and having a bad haircut. I don't want to comment on people's appearances because I know that that's I don't I don't want to be a stereotype, but that is the first thing I noticed about him was his bad haircut. Hannah, I hope you know how much I had to resist talking about how adorable Luke Keekley's really curly hair is, <laughs> but I couldn't resist for too long because I just said it. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say I'm interested. Most of my experience with basketball, my personal history with basketball, is negative by which I mean my memories of middle school gym. But I am happily getting to a point in my life where I don't constantly associate new experiences with my childhood traumas. So I'm coming around. I'm coming around on this sport. Big and step. I'm Yeah, thank you. I'm interested in getting into a sport that allows its players to participate in society's debates. And I also enjoyed that I didn't have to worry about the physical safety of the players for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, Steph Curry got a bloody nose. But I was like, his brain is fine. It was such a relief. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed how fast-paced the game was. I I mean, two hours to watch a pro sports game. Like, what a luxury. But I am prone to overthinking things. So even last night, I was jumping ahead way too many steps into my relationship with the NBA. I figured out that there are 72 NBA games. So if each game lasts about two hours... In my mind, if I become a fan of the NBA, I'm immediately committing to watching 144 hours of basketball, and I'm not sure I can do that. It's and- interesting that you, because you, we were texting during the game, and you said that, and I, th- and I thought, oh, that's a great, that's a lot of bang for my buck. If I'm interested in pursuing fandom of this sport, that's a lot of time that I get to enjoy it. Yeah, but but so my- you're, you're not sure that you're ready to commit. No, and the reason is is because I have an. I might get into this. I have a little bit of an obsessive personality when it comes to learning about new things. So I'm concerned that if I decide to become a fan of the NBA, that I I'm not using hyperbole here. I'm afraid that I'm going to like let it take over my life. And all I'm going to do is read sports blogs about the NBA. And I'm going (laughs) to listen to a bunch of NBA podcasts. And it's going to be this whole rabbit hole. And I just don't know. So I have jumped ahead to like, walking down the aisle with the NBA and committing to a (laughs) lifetime. And what I really need to remember is that this was just our first date, and I am not necessarily committing to a lifetime with, with the NBA. 
Yeah, it's okay to try on new sports and see how you like them. Before I watched the game, I hardly did any prep for it. I know Hannah did a little more prep than than I did. Yes, I actually, I was lying when I said that I've never watched an NBA game before. I have watched NBA <gasps> games before. J'accuse. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Ugh. I hate I hate lying, but I have done it. And I have a lot of uh, confusions. And so I just wanted to clear up some of my confusions about how the game is run. So I watched that short five-minute YouTube video that I found to be very helpful. There were a lot of things about just the rules of basketball that I had no idea. And it was... It was very helpful. So I I didn't really do any prep. Aside from that video, Hannah didn't really do any prep. And that was intentional on both of our parts. Because I think with not just sports, but for a lot of fields that are determined to be, quote, more masculine, there can be a lot of gatekeeping of women's entry into those those arenas, to those sports, to to those other, you know, whether it be car maintenance or whether it be could be specific types of gaming or it can be specific types of fandom or music. There can be a lot of kind of gatekeeping of women have to prove that they are knowledgeable before they are permitted to get past the velvet ropes. And I mean, how else are people supposed to learn about something other than just by doing that thing? I didn't really want to do any prep. Because maybe that encourages you if you have been wanting to watch basketball or if you've been wanting to watch the NFL, but you're worried about being the woman sports fan in the room who doesn't know any of the rules. Uh, We did that and we still got some things out of this experience. And so I don't think you have to be an expert to start becoming a fan of something. No. In fact, I would say it's a lot more fun to not be an expert. The no, wonderment is it really contributes, I think, to part of the experience of just sort of gleefully enjoying people's talent without having to worry about strategy and rules and things like that. Just to, to see that they can run while they're bouncing this ball up and down. <laughs> uh, I still get a lot of joy out of that. <laughs> there is a purity in ignorance when it comes to sports. There is a my team got the ball taken away and I don't like that rage. (laughs) Like that purity of rage is really enjoyable. Once you start to get into all of the strategy, you get to that point where you think, oh, but that was a really good play or that was a really well, I have to give it to the other team. Not so when you are a novice fan. (laughs) Oh no, you have to give nothing to the other team. (laughs) We award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. So if we're going to continue this dating analogy that that Hannah and I are considering getting into a relationship with the NBA, by the end of the game, my thought was, that was fun. I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed our time together. But I'm not sure the NBA and I are right for each other. Now, I'm, I'm not not saying that we're right for each other. But basically, I need more time and I need more information. So before Hannah and I make the decision whether we are going to continue to progress in our relationship with the NBA, we have some questions. Today's three-ish things, three questions we need to answer prior to entering into a long-term relationship with the NBA. We have read your Bumble profile NBA, but there's a few blanks that we need filled. We're not saying there's red flags. There's just like a few little pink flags. (laughs) And I'll go ahead and get us started. My first question for the NBA which I will phrase in the form of a song, is, do you really want to hurt me? I 
need some explanations regarding fouls. So I watched the short YouTube video, as I mentioned, which explained to me for the first time in my 33 years of living that there is a difference between a foul and a violation. So that was nice. But during the watching of this game, I felt confused about when fouls are committed. There's not enough replay, I guess. So when there was a foul... I never saw it in action, and then I never got to see it really in the replay unless it was egregious. Obviously, the play stops. Sometimes there's a, you know, the foul shots or the ball turnovers. I'm going to get better at talking about basketball at some point in my life, I think, but now is not that time. And I didn't see, I didn't see it happen. And so that's just a problem I have with a broadcast probably. And I understand that maybe they don't they don't show all these replays because people who know basketball don't need to see it because they already know what fouls are. But I do not know what fouls are, and I need someone to explain to me what just happened. I guess what I'm asking for is DVR, which I don't have right now. I need to see it in slow motion, and then I need to see it 45 different times from 45 different angles like I have been used to with my NFL. So that's my first question is how can I get that without my DVR? Did you enjoy the experience at all of not having the game stopped to watch replay? Was there any appeal in that for you? There was, and this this is I'm of two minds because I like the speed of the game, but I also, as a beginner, I still am so confused by what I'm looking at that the number of times that they would like show a replay and do the thing that they do in the NFL, which is to you know, circle the player that they're talking about and draw little arrows about where he's going to go and draw little arrows about his teammate that he's about to pass it to. It's not enough. I need more of that to understand. But I understand also that other people don't need to see that because they they saw it happen in real time. Mm-hmm. But I, I also get confused because you and I were texting back and forth, what is bonus? What does bonus mean? Which is written down under the scores because I guess one team when they've had a certain number of fouls the other team gets more foul shots sort of bonus is a nice little thing it makes it seem like a fun little treat or a prize which it is I guess but it made me think that you should try not to commit fouls because you don't want the other team to get bonus Oh, God, I sound like such a fool right now. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I've chosen this for myself. I understand. So you don't you don't want other team to get bonus, and you don't want other team to get free throws. But there are times when you do want to commit fouls, and the game moves so fast that I, I don't understand how you avoid fouls. So this thing that seems so important to, like, the flow of the game, and there's times when you want to stop the clock, and the way you stop the clock is to commit a foul or you want to waste time and so you commit a foul. I, I don't, I would like to learn more about that. I guess from just watching this one game, I still am left with so many, so many questions. And so if, if you can help me with this, this is going to be the only time I ever say this on this podcast probably, but go ahead and at me, like send me the YouTube videos, send me the links, let me know if there's a podcast I can listen to because I am genuinely confused and I would like to know more. So your question for the NBA is, do you really want to hurt me? As in, are fouls good? Are fouls bad? And what is foul? And what is foul? Yeah. Yeah. What is foul? 
Well, my question my- is actually a whole bundle of questions, but the the umbrella question is: Do you really want to hurt me? Yeah, your your question is a turducken. It's just <laughs> the. The chicken inside of a duck inside of a turkey. It just yes, it has exactly it has so many meat layers. Mm-hmm. Well, my question, my our second question for the NBA is NBA. Do you accept this rose? No, actually, <laughs> actually, my second question for the NBA is: Does any of this really matter? And I know that that sounds like a really existential question, but really, I'm just talking about the first three quarters of the game. Now, the game that Hannah and I watched yesterday, the Golden State Warriors versus the Indiana Pacers, a.k.a. Steph Curry versus Bad Hair Justin Long, that game at halftime, each team had about 50 points. I texted my uh, inside man, my friend, what up, Tip? Uh, I texted my friend Tip to ask him questions about basketball. And I asked him, is that a lot of points to happen at halftime? And he said that is about average for the NBA For a college game, that would be a lot of points. But they had almost the same exact score at halftime. And then at the end of the game, I think the Golden State Warriors won by seven points. And from my little baby knowledge of the NBA, what I have learned is it is pretty typical for NBA games to be pretty close to each other at halftime. And really, it's the fourth quarter where the team who is going to win pulls away. So this is my question. Do the first three quarters even matter? Why not play a game that is just one quarter? Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Are you suggesting that they play one 12-minute quarter, or are you suggesting that they play for 50 minutes with no break? Oh, no, I wouldn't do that to them. I wouldn't make them play for 50 (laughs) minutes. No, and I'm not even suggesting that they only play for 12 minutes. I just want to know... What does the first three quarters do to set up the fourth quarter? Because because I understand game flow in an NFL game. NFL talkers, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) We know things about sports. Oh my gosh. We just aren't articulating them well today. I've regressed. I've regressed. (laughs) NFL commentators, (laughs) NFL journalists, NFL announcers, NFL talkers, they... You know, they disagree about this. People in the analytics community feel differently about it than, quote, old school old school football guys. But there's a lot of conversation about what happens in the first half sets up optionality for what's going to happen in the second half. So you are intentionally strategizing not just play-by-play, quarter-by-quarter. You're strategizing game flow. But if every, NF, if every NBA game essentially follows a similar game flow – What does the first three quarters allow you to do in the fourth quarter? And if it doesn't really allow you to do anything, then is this just like miracle? And it's we're going to be the best conditioned team and the best conditioned team wins. Like the team that can skate the longest, skate the hardest is the team that wins. Is that what the fourth quarter is for? To show who's the best conditioned? Yeah. So my existential question is, Does any of this matter, specifically the first three quarters of the game? And to be honest, I don't really I don't really know if unless I watched more of it, even if you added me and explained it to me, I don't know if I would actually believe you until I got (laughs) good enough to notice it on my own. I am curious if we've got any actual NBA listeners tuning in. If there if there's ever been a time where you were like, wow, the second quarter of this game was really 
clutch. I, I can think of a specific baseball game in which the Washington Nationals were trying to make it to the playoffs, I guess past the first round of playoffs for the first time ever, and everything really went to hell in the fifth inning. And I look back at that game and I'm like, yeah, that was a turning point, the fifth inning. Are there any examples of that in the NBA or can I just turn it on for the fourth quarter? Yeah, see, I'm not I'm not so delusional. I'm sure other people have had this question. But I'm also sure that there's a ton of people that are screaming at us right now. Are screaming at us right now and who also do the same thing for the NFL or also do the same thing for Major League Baseball is that they they tune in at the eighth inning or they tune in the fourth quarter of NFL games. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's a thing that happens. I guess if we just in- enjoy watching basketball for the sake of watching it and not just to know who's going to win the game. This is a side note, but I did notice that texting during a basketball game, you miss a not lot helpful. more. You miss yeah, a lot more helpful. than you do during an NFL game. Yeah, for sure. There's not enough, again, downtime between plays. Yeah, I. it just, it goes... You have so much time to text during an NFL game. <laughs> there's only in a three hour NFL game, there's only like 30 minutes of actual game happening. Yeah. And the rest so of much the time, time to talk to my friends, so much time to talk to our friends and make snacks, which is really yeah. in its favor. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to our third and final question for the NBA, which is how much of what we are watching is talent and how much of it is strategy. And when we were talking, you the way you framed this as the gap between the best team and the worst team, does that come down to like individual players? Does it come down to what the team scheme is? Does it come down to practice and prep? What are we looking at? Yeah, that's a that's a great. What, what is it? <laughs> but okay, so again, our corollary, the thing that we have the most experience with is the NFL. Arguably, this year, the best team in the NFL was the Kansas City Chiefs. The worst team in the NFL was arguably the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you watch a Kansas City Chiefs game and you watch a Jacksonville Jaguars game, it looks like they are playing different sports. But the two teams who played in the NBA game last night, they had very similar records. But the way the announcers were talking about them was that one team was more talented or in certain areas than than the other areas. And, and we just, I didn't know why. I didn't know how. Because there's a famous quote in the NFL, which is you are what your record says you are, because there's only 16 games. And so if you are 8-8, eight and eight, you are a middling team. If you are 2-14, and 14, you are a terrible team. If you are 13 and three, you're a good team. Your record, you are who your record says you are. In the NBA, there seems to be this thing of like, well, your record is an indicator of where you are, but it's not necessarily a true reflection of, of where you fall in the hierarchy of teams. And two teams can have very similar records, but one can be thought of as significantly better than the other. And, and I just have no idea why that is. Yeah. And I have another sort of related question, which in retrospect is regrettable that we've been framing this in terms of dating because I'm about to say something awkward. And for that, I apologize. I have a lot of questions about positions. And <laughs> Hannah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't understand what the positions are. Like I know I know what point guard, that's a thing. And I know center is a thing. When I'm looking at the... The guys on the court, 
I see that there's two guys standing in like the corners. When the team is on offense, there's two guys standing in corners. And I'm going to call them corners because I don't know what their job is. And so my question is, is that the same two guys every time? Is one guy going to always go up to the left and one guy goes up to the right? And that is his position. And because they're really practiced, they know the next thing they're going to do after they do that. Or are there different guys who do that at different times? And I, I think it's very impressive that if we're comparing this to football, before a football play happens, they discuss with each other what they're going to do. And obviously they don't do that in basketball because they don't have downs that they seem to know and be able to construct a play without verbalizing to each other what the play is going to be. But I don't know if that's because the players know each other really well and they've got chemistry and they are able to predict the way that the other players are going to move or are they practicing these moves? And does it matter that there is a difference between those two things? Someone please help me. Related to this, which is, again, falls under the question of basically our third question is like, what is happening? The thing that I am, I'm like, okay, this one guy, he kept getting rebounds and everybody was talking about how good he was at getting rebounds. Why don't the other players just rebound the ball? And <laughs> and Justin Long with the bad hair, he was like stealing people's balls all night. Why didn't other people just steal balls? Yeah. Is it his job to do that? Or do is the it, other players just know that, like, Justin Long is going to take care of that, therefore I do not need to do it? And is it, like, a special – was that his job? Or did he just realize he's good at stealing the balls? I don't – I don't <laughs> – And by the way, I just want to clarify, when we say Justin Long, we're talking about a player whose name is TJ McConnell, if you want to look him up. He may not actually look like Justin Long, but that was just the vibe I was getting. And we agreed on that, I think. Yeah, I, I do like, though, that I am not sure I'm ever going to watch another NBA game. But I do have an enemy, and that is Justin Long with the bad hair, <laughs> a.k.a. TJ McConnell. Yeah, just so many so many question turduckins that we have. And I know we said we needed the answers to these questions before deciding. But, Suzanne, how are, how are you thinking? Are you signing on the dotted line? Are you ready to become an NBA fan? Do you think you want to go on a second date or do you think you want to keep shopping for a new sport to love? Yeah, I I feel I am in the place where I I'm running from love is the is the like <laughs> is the place that I feel like I'm in. Like I I see down the line of romantic commitment and I see what's going to be expected of me and I'm just not sure I'm ready to commit to that. We had a good time. I enjoyed it. I see your value in BA, but can I make you happy? Can you make me happy? I just don't, I just don't know. And there's this like whole other, I, like, I just don't know what you want from me. I just don't know how much of my time you want. But you Suzanne, wanna, what do you want? What do I want? I don't know. I kind of like the idea that like the NFL, I just get to kind of have a good time with you once a week. And that's <laughs> kind of nice. NBA, there are certain weeks that you want me to hang out with you four days a week. Okay, I'm a single independent lady. I don't know if I have time for that. And yes, we are in lockdown. And yes, I don't really have much else going on. But In the literal sense, I do have time for that. <laughs> in the literal sense, I do have time for that. But I also don't like that you think that your needs are more important than mine. And I am just going to prioritize you whenever you want me to. So, <laughs> so basically... 
super chill. (laughs) Interested in casually dating the NFL, not interested in casually dating the NBA, which is a little bit needier. Yeah, is that what you're saying? The NBA does feel a little bit needier. Also, I don't have a team. I don't know how do I even pick a team. Just at random. I guess we could go the way that NFL fans and in the UK go, which is like they just pick the uniforms that they <laughs> that they think are the best, which also doesn't help me because you guys have too many uniforms. I am sorry. There are too many uniforms. Basically, Hannah, I'm conflicted. What about you? You sound a little more open to the possibility of a relationship than I do. I am open to it. I will say as a sports fan, knowing that I may not have a future with the NFL, even though I I am committed to them right now. I don't know how long I will remain committed to them. And the thought of going on a date with hockey, which combines the unwatchable speed of the NBA with the physical assault of the NFL, is not something I'm interested in right now. Uh, I will say we are recording this in February of 2021. So at a different time of year, maybe I could go on a date with a different sport. But slim pickings right now, man. I am intrigued. I'm intrigued by the NBA. I am interested in going on a second date. I like the the speed of play, and I like that there's a lot for my eyes to look at, if that makes sense, that there's a lot of different players to watch. And I feel that sometimes I can watch individual players, and sometimes I can sort of watch the movement of the team as a whole without focusing on an individual player. And even though right now I have no idea what I'm looking at, I feel like if I put a little effort into it, I could start to understand it. And that thought is attractive to me. So have you guys already planned your second date? We have not, no. Okay. I'm hoping that they call, but I might have to make the first move. Well, it's only been one day and the rules say he's not supposed to call until the third date. So you have to, or the third day, so you have to wait another couple days. Oh gosh. Okay. So many rules now. Dating in 2021. In a pandemic. Complicated, Mm -hmm. even if it is just with another sports league. And now it's time that we turn to you. Are you a fan of the NBA team? And do you really think that we should give the NBA as a whole a good shot? Because they are a firm but gentle lover. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my parents listen to this. My mom also listens to it, but she also watches Outlander, so she's got no room to complain. (laughs) All right. Oh, boy. Okay. You can make your best sports fandom pitch by tagging us on Twitter or commenting on this episode's post on Instagram. In both spots, we are at WellHearPod. Do you have just too many thoughts about our current it's complicated relationship status with the NFL and or the NBA and all of those thoughts cannot be contained to a tweet or an Instagram comment? In that case, I hereby give you permission to email us at wellhearpod at gmail.com. The only nudes we want, however, are pictures of lipstick. Despite what we have said earlier in this episode. Yes, I understand that we are giving you some conflicting messages, but... Only send us pictures of lipsticks. Don't forget to go wherever you get your podcasts and click that, quote, these ladies are dropping dimes button. That's right. Basketball sling nailed it. To you, that button might better be known as a subscribe button. And for the very first week, we are now available on Google Podcasts. So if you want, just add to Spotify, add to Apple Podcasts, go over to Google too. Give us another little pity download. We're not too proud to say that we would like it. And until next week, 
I'm Suzanne, and playing horse is never as fun or as sexy as it looks in the movies. And I'm Hannah, and I think turnovers are thrilling no matter what sport they're in. And well, here we are. Show me one more tree, but make it evergreen. Evergreen. I see a mother there, a lover and a child. I know a war will come and take away their